Hello, people of the world, and welcome to today's episode of the Unity Project podcast. I am so stoked to introduce to you today's guest. His name is Benjamin Poss. Ben is one of the coolest people I've ever met. He is a pop star out in LA right now, and a really incredibly kind and genuine human being that I'm honored to know. Ben was so much fun to interview for the show because he has so many insightful things to share about his story and his relationship with his body, anything from coming out and learning his true sexuality and identity to an experience with sexual assault and what that does in playing a role with our relationship with our bodies. That was interesting to talk about because that is such a deeply personal wound unlike any other that really plays a big role, at least from my experience, in shaping our relationships with ourselves and whether or not we feel safe inside of our own skin. We talk about that. We talk about the use of drugs and alcohol in order to cope with things like that, from that to learning about meditation and getting in touch with your feelings. This week's episode means a lot to me, so I hope that you enjoy, and yeah, talk to you soon. How are you doing over there? Hi, it's so good to hear your voice. <laughs> Hi, yours too. It has been so long, so, so long. Yes, too long, but I'm glad that we're here and doing this. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, absolutely. I was really excited to talk to you specifically on here about this because I know, um, well, I guess for those listening, Ben is a really good friend of mine back from Nashville, which you now live in LA, right? Yes, I do. I miss Nashville so much. It's weird that I've been gone for almost six months. I mean, you know, in a couple of weeks, it, it would have been six months. So oh really gosh. weird. <laughs> Dang. Just, I guess, briefly, what, how's your experience in LA been so far? I know it's a weird time in the world, oh, but yeah. what's it like um, over there for you? Well, I really do love it here. It's very good for me mentally, I think, to be here because it's just, you know, bright all the time and I just love the weather. I love being close to the beach and, you know, around more people like me, I guess, just the way that they think and the mindset that they have. Um, mm -hmm. However, like with everything going on, it definitely has been challenging. I mean, I moved here in January and then, um, you know, I was trying to get a job and then I finally found something that was, you know, in the direction of where I need to be. And two days after they shut us down because of everything going on and, oh. you know, it, but you know, that's how a lot of people are, you know, having to deal with things right now. But overall, I really do love being here and I can't wait to see what happens once things start to go back to the way that they, uh, usually run. <laughs> I, w I hate yeah. to say normal because I don't think we'll ever, ever be normal again, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That, that must be a really interesting time to, to move across the country right now, especially oh. when this is like, I guess your first real experience out there, right? Yeah. This is my first, um, experience that's been longer than a couple weeks or, you know, something like yeah. just like a trip or something. So, um, it's definitely taking, you know, time to get used to and just get into myself here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Awesome. Well, I am hoping to be out there eventually to see you once everything is a bit, a bit easier out there. I want to yes. come out there and, and hang out. When you can actually do things. Oh yeah. <laughs> we'll surf, we'll, we'll longboard, we'll eat ice cream cones. It's going to be great. Oh yeah. Definitely. Yes. But anyway, for those listening, Ben is a really good friend of mine from back in Nashville when we uh, waited tables together at a restaurant. And Ben was one of my favorite people to have conversations with at work, after work, any and all the things. He just has a really nice, positive perspective on life. And so thank you for being on this podcast, Ben. Oh, wow. Thank you so much for your kind words, too. Yeah. I really, you're one of my favorite people. And that was oh. definitely a journey together that we, you know, went on, you know, serving tables and everything. I think everybody should do it once in their life. Oh, absolutely agree with that. You learn a lot about people. You do. Um, But I want to ask you, the first question that I've been asking most people at the beginning of these is to describe the relationship that you have with your body. Yes. I would say that it is an ever-changing relationship I would say that I have learned to really love my body that I'm in um however I do have moments I think especially being home and like you know not really having much to do besides like be inside my head you know Mm -hmm. um I've really had to check in and make sure that I am being kind to myself and knowing that where I am now is enough and it's you know important for me to really make sure that I am doing everything I can at this present moment to make myself you know have a good relationship with my body and not just one that you know dismisses my body or um needs it to be something else than it is in the moment right now yeah that's yeah that's really awesome. I definitely relate with what you're saying about being home and in your head so much. It's like there's so many distractions out in the real world during, I guess, life before this to where it didn't give us a lot of opportunities to just kind of sit with ourselves like we do right now, which is hard, right. but so important. Right. I think um, one thing I really loved from a teacher of mine that I, well, she actually is a flow coach, um, which has to do with flow meditation and that kind of a thing. But one thing that she said that really sat with me, um, (laughs) no pun intended, but she said, it's good to sit with your sadness. Mm -hmm. Allow yourself to sit with your sadness. And um, I think that goes for any emotion too, but when you're not feeling, you know, the best or as confident in your body, and that doesn't mean just physically, but you know, you just feel like you're not with your body, you're not connected, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to just really sit and check in with yourself um, and say, okay, well, why am I sad? Um, you know, and have like a little moment where you allow yourself to say, okay, well, I'm not okay right now, but that's okay. Um, I will be again. And uh, just to honor that emotion and being able to feel something is, mm-hmm. is also really great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, that makes a lot of sense to me. That That's always been a really difficult thing for me to be able to do because it's so uncomfortable. But... Oh, it is. It yeah. is. It's not comfortable. And I think that's why it's so hard for me. It's why it's so hard for so many of us to to do that. Mm-hmm. Do you mm-hmm. feel like you've always kind of had that mindset with this or was it a journey to kind of get to a place of like learning how to sit with yourself? 
Oh, I, it's definitely been a journey. I think I used a lot of things, um, whether it was drinking, whether it was, you know, drugs, whether it was, you know, like relationships, whatever, to escape that. I think we live in a culture that doesn't, you know, we're getting better about talking about mental health and how important it is to love our body. But, you know, in college and stuff, when I was going through a lot of serious things, I didn't want to sit with that sadness. I would rather run over it with, you know, a semi truck of a million other things Mm. than actually sit with it and, you know, learn the lessons that I needed to learn um, and really become more connected to myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What was that experience like for you, I guess, in college and before? Like what what did that look like? Like, tell me more about that. Yeah. So, um, I went to school, uh, for musical theater. I went for four years and, um, it's, you know, a really crazy hectic schedule. So, um, I mean, there were a lot of zero credit classes that we had to take. So, I mean, I, I think like the most I had a semester was like 21 hours plus all the zero credit hours. So it was a lot of, you know, just running around and, and, in that running around, I think I was able to take care of my body physically because I was just so active and everything. And I could just feel more connected that way. But Mm -hmm. I don't think, um, the most important part of my body, my brain, since that is still matter, it's still a part of my body. Um, it's, you know, it actually is a computer inside of us that, you know, helps us live. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So I think, um, you know, I had a lot of things going on in there that I didn't really want to deal with. And so, um, (laughs) this is a weird metaphor. I don't know why it's coming to my head, but like when you're like on like logic or what, or like, you know, making something on the computer. And, um, I don't know if you have a Mac or what you have, but where it has a little spinning ball, uh-huh. like the rainbow ball or like, it's like for, you know, yeah. th- that's because it's taken in so much information. And I think a lot of times we really need to just like allow ourselves to process that information, not just try to mask it by like drinking and partying and all of that stuff. Because I did a lot of that in college. I think that's what I'm trying to get to. And what I'm trying to say is that like, I definitely like, was always going out, always trying to avoid what was going on. I went through a huge breakup when I was in college that really, it like was two and a half years of my life. And then the guy just ghosted me. So, I mean, it was just, you know, mentally and on my body, I'm thinking, well, am I not enough on the outside or the inside or what, you know, there was just a lot going on with that. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that was like the starting point of, that. And then I started, you know, getting into, you know, drugs and, uh, you know, drinking a lot. But then I decided, you know, after that, I was just like, you know, even though these like really bad things have happened to me, I have to keep going. Um, and you know, there were some other serious things that happened and we can get into that later if it comes up, um, in college. But yeah, I think I just really was, trying to ride it out. And then now looking back, I'm like, wow, like, I don't know how I was able to like put my body through that. (laughs) 
Oh, yeah. My gosh. It, like, it just sounds like, I mean, from my experience, what you're saying kind of sounds like a, like you're running on this like hamster wheel, just kind of yeah. running away from yourself. And Yes. Yeah. Oof. And I think a lot of us do that. I think a lot of us, and um, it's so easy to get on the digital hands, hamster wheel on Instagram or whatever and compare your body or where you're at or your journey or that kind of a thing just from a highlight reel. But yeah. I think a lot of people don't, like they only see, you know, you when you're not on that hamster wheel, they only see you when you're, you know, at your like, at these little like moments, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely was running around a lot on that hamster wheel. And then I think it took some really like, I would say spiritual moments in my life to really show me, hey, you don't have to like, you don't have to do this, you can really, you know, be yourself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, like what, what you were saying, and I want to talk about that, the spiritual piece of yeah. that in a second. Mm -hmm. But what you were saying about like escaping through drinking and drugs and stuff, I feel like that was a big part of my life a yeah. few years. Honestly, like within the past like five, six, maybe seven years. and Because mm -hmm. that's such a helpful, it, it feels like helpful tool at the time to like, if you feel uncomfortable, if you feel like you have to sit in that sadness, like it's this quick fix escape for a little right. bit, but it like what it does is it just takes you farther away from, farther away from yourself. And what was your experience with that? Like, yeah. So I would say it first started with drinking. I don't, I'm not necessarily one of those people, at least now where I'm like, I just want to get drunk or I want to get, I want to, you know, um, I want it to taste good. If I'm drinking something, I don't just want to drink alcohol because it's alcohol now. <laughs> but back then I think I, did do that a little bit too much. And um, I remember one night I was very lonely. I came home from like one of the showcases that um, the freshman had put on or whatever. And I literally took like 15 shots of um, Malibu red, which is basically like, mm -hmm. and I, I never like had bought that before. But like my, uh, my roommate had gotten it or something. I can't remember. Um, and like for me while he was at the store or whatever. And I remember like just drinking them and drinking them. And I was just so messed up and I got so sick and that had never happened to me before like that. And I think that was one of the first moments where I was like, wow, I really don't want to use drinking to, um, to escape. I, I like to be in control. I, I like to be able to go through my days knowing what happened. And, you know, I think that just was a very dark time. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know that it was going to get darker, but I knew that I was making progress. Yeah. At the same time, I think, because, um, you know, while I was in school, I was also releasing my music and, you know, performing. And that really was a saving. I mean, I've always performed since I was little. That's just what I do. But I think that was such a saving grace for me to get into the studio and really channel my emotions and my feelings into my music, which a lot of people don't have, like when they're struggling like that. And a little bit later on, I was co-writing with this person that I was an acquaintance with and things went south and I was actually assaulted by him. Oh. Um, and I, I it, it changed me and my relationship with my body for forever. I mean, when that happens to you, um, 
uh, it's definitely um, life changing. It changes yeah. the way that you actually think. I mean, there's something scientifically that changes in your brain. So, you know, that was one of those moments that, you know, I can actually talk about now. It, it took me a while to be able to talk about it um, and not get this feeling that I'm like leaving my body, <laughs> if you know yeah. what I mean. Oh, it totally. Me, yeah. And uh, although I hope it never happens to anybody listening, I'm very thankful that I'm able to talk about it now and that I can hopefully help people in the future. Yeah. You know, with, with whatever they've gone through with, you know, assault um, or drugs or drinking or, you know, just, just their sexuality too. Cause I forget that so many people struggle with that and I'm able to, you know, I was able to thrive in college because like I, um, you know, came out so young. I came out when I was in high school. And so being in college and being able to like really learn how to express myself and express my body through whoever I am was huge. So yeah, I mean, college was definitely a very crazy experience, but it was an amazing experience. I'm so blessed that I got to go where I got to go to college. And um, everybody that I met along the way was amazing. So. Wow. Ben, you're bringing up so many really important I I guess like pieces of this, like bringing up, I guess, I'm so sorry about what happened to you with the assault. That's just, you know, it's okay. And I mean, it, it it was, I mean, rape, that's what it was. And I think that's, it's a hard word for people to say. Um, I think because it's just, it's the way it sounds is even just like take, it's like taking something from someone. I mean, it Mm -hmm. it truly is, but you know, I, I am sorry it happened, but I'm also at a point where I can see, I can see clearly that it was, well, I don't want to say I can see clearly that it was used to help other people, but you know, I think we all have a purpose and I think a, there is a story that's written in our soul that we have to have happen to us. Mm-hmm. And although I, I mean, I wish I could take that chapter and just say delete, but it, it's a part of my story and I, I want to honor that and I want to be able to help people through that. Yeah, absolutely. I know from, from my experiences in that area, um, cause I was assaulted at when I was 17 and it felt like, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It, it feels like what you said made so much sense about it. it feels like they're like taking, they're taking something from you. And cause it's so much of like, it's just so much more than this event that happened. It's like, it's just feels like this invasion of like who you are and like the deepest pieces of you. And that really does make this huge impact of you being able to connect with who you are. Right. It's like you become like, I don't know. I felt like my body just wasn't a safe place anymore. Right. And I'm very lucky in the fact that, I mean, I'm a very affectionate person. And so um, I think a lot of people get really weird about physical touch after. Um, Luckily, I have not been weird about like hugging people and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm so grateful for that because like my sisters, um, they they're not very big huggers for some reason. And I don't know why. Um, But I but I also know that um, some people are just like that, yeah. right? Like they just, they, they're they not big on physically like 
giving hugs and that kind of a thing. Um, but some people that are, are affected after they're like, you know, assaulted or whatever. I think the main thing for me is like when I'm, even if I'm like in bed sleeping with like a friend or like, you know, like spending the night or something like that, like I still sometimes get a little bit of that trauma response. Right. Uh Um, and so I have to really combat that with, you know, this is somebody that loves you. This isn't somebody that's trying to hurt you. This isn't, you know, just, you know, reaffirming what I already know is true. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Wow. Um, tell me more about the sexuality piece of it that you mentioned, like what that was like growing up, I guess, knowing that about yourself in today's world. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, it's changed so much and I'm so thankful that it has even in the past like few years. I mean, we see commercials and we see, you know, main characters on TV. I mean, when I was growing up, I didn't really have that necessarily. Um, I mean, they were like Will and Grace and like a couple other shows, but I never watched that. That wasn't really accessible at my age group for me, I guess. (laughs) I just Uh didn't really, you know, take anything from those shows. But um, I would say that I was... So I was a sophomore in high school when I came out. I think I said that before. And it was a really, it was a really hard time, but also a perfect time for me to really discover that about myself because um, it was during this movement that was started called the It Gets Better Project. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was all about releasing um, videos and stories from um, celebrities and also from just everyday people about their experience with coming out and with their sexuality and how after that happens, um, after they, you know, were fully themselves, how much better their life was and the fact that it really does get better and, you know, you can be your full self. So I was really depressed. Um, it was my first, uh, time dealing with depression. Actually, this was, um, I guess it would have been like 2000, 10, 2010 or 2011, maybe the, both of those years, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> because uh, it was really cool. Like when I was in grade school, my years lined up with whatever grade I was in. So if it was 2009, Ooh. it was ninth grade. If it were, you know, so it's kind of cool to look back and see that. Yeah, it's convenient. Yeah, very convenient. <laughs> so <laughs> I um, remember there was a lot of stuff in the news about teen suicides going on and it had to do with the LGBT community. Um, and and now we say LGBTQ plus, you know, trying to include everybody, which is great. But back then it wasn't even as inclusive in just like the term, which is crazy to think Mm. about too. Um, yeah, but so that was my first uh, experience with depression and having all of these people, um, that, you know, were in the news that had, you know, killed themselves because of bullying or that kind of a thing was just heartbreaking to me. And it really made me look inside myself and and look to way in my past of, wow, I think I'm this too. I think that this is me. Um, I mean, the first CD I ever bought was Oops, I Did It Again by Britney Spears. And I did full out performances. Not that that makes you gay. You could, I mean, I don't know. You could be the straightest person and do performances to Britney Spears, but I haven't found one yet. So I, I, <laughs> I, <love that. laughs> I really don't know. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so I ended up coming out uh, my spring semester of sophomore year of high school. Um, I came out to a group of friends and we were sitting at lunch and 
Um, one of my friends and I came up with a scenario to tell everybody else, kind of like she was like, my friend thinks you're cute. Are you gay? Yeah. And then everybody was like, oh, my God, we knew it oh, all wow. the whole time and blah, 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 <laughs> you know. So it was just funny. And then um, I sat down with my parents a couple weeks afterwards mm. and I didn't even have to say the words. My mom literally goes, so how long have you known? Oh, and wow. I was like, yeah. And I was like, my whole life, you know, um, just blubbering. And I think um, wh- what's amazing about my parents is that they never forced me to be anything other than who I am. I think, like, um, of course, like, there are some progressive things that they they just are, I wouldn't say naive to, but they just don't necessarily, like, it's not in their world. I think a lot of, like, people they don't take the time to understand um, another person's walk of life like we do, like you do. I mean, you know what I mean? Like we really like to listen and really like to like, you know, take in anything anyone can give us about who they are. Um, And I think my parents did a good job of letting me form my own opinions and letting me like really come into myself. That's something that I'm so grateful for because I mean, I probably was one of like four like out gay people in my high school and now like going back home like you can definitely tell that there are more people that are comfortable so we, mm. you know time has uh really changed things even if it's like just in like a small way I think we'll be able to really see a difference in how people I, I hope how people come out or the fact that maybe they don't have to do that um, yeah. in the next, I don't know, 20, 30 years, I wouldn't say the next five or 10, but I mean, I think that we're making really good progress in that area and being able to really thrive in my sexuality in college. I mean, college was the first time I went out to a drag bar. Um, I went to play in Nashville and I love play. It's just such a fun place and has such a great vibe. And the Queens yes. are amazing. They, <laughs> love yeah. It. Isn't it amazing? I mean, the Queens put on such a great show. Um, and it's really a show it's on a stage. I think that's also been weird to see in LA is like, they don't really do a lot of like drag stage performances here. They just do it on like the dance floor. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's, I didn't it's know that. yeah. So we really have it good at play. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you'll have to come back then. We'll have another play night. Oh, for sure. Man. Yeah. What you're saying is just, it's so powerful. It's so powerful because I feel like in so many stories that I've heard and what I, and in my own, because I came out as bisexual a couple years, about a year and a half ago. Yeah. How long has it been? That's weird. Um, (laughs) And I just know the messages that like I heard growing up from family members or like people in like, uh, like church world in certain situations. It was a lot of like, if this is true about you, then like you're bad and you're wrong and you're, you're just like, right. I don't know. And, and so it's interesting to think about like the kind of impact that that has on somebody. Cause for me, it's like, I kind of developed this like internalized shame over it and self-hatred because I was just taught my whole life that like, this is wrong. But the second that I like, I guess worked through that and learned how to embrace it and like live fully in that it was like a whole different level of connection with who I am. And I just realized how important that is to to look at because our sexuality is so much of like an identity thing. It just plays a part in, in so much of who we are. And I just yeah. think that's really, really incredible that, that you had that kind of experience with it. Oh, yeah, me too. I mean, it it was such 
a wonderful experience. Um, I know a lot of people don't have it like that. So I'm just so grateful for that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, so tell me more about this, like the, the spirituality side of it. Cause I know you and I have had a lot of conversations about that. Cause yes. Um, I'm so interested always in what you have to say about you. Like I said earlier, you just have such a good perspective on things like this. And, and I don't know, like, like what did that, what did that look like for you? Like the transition from college to, I guess, where you're at now when it comes to like body connection and the yes. spirituality piece, like what did that look like? I would say that And I think everybody can agree after college, there's not really a blueprint after that on how life's going to (laughs) go. Yeah, I think, um, you know, so many things can happen in that, you know, the years after that you did not even expect. And for me, I graduated college. I was working on my first album, Brainwashed, which is also a message about society and, you know, is very relevant to what we're going through now with just how we consume media and that kind of a thing. But I released that, um, that following fall. So that was fall of, yeah, fall of 2017, um, after I graduated and everything. And I was performing all the time. I was like really just into my art and into who I was and had really good people around me um, who wanted me to succeed. And I would say after about a year and a half, I was really losing steam. And I think depression was, was, had been creeping back in, in, in college, but it was very hard for me to get out of bed in the morning and stuff after college. Like it was just getting to that point where like, my body was feeling disconnected again. I felt like I was just, my soul was trying to get up, but my body was like, no, you have to lay here. You have Mm -hmm. to stay here. You can't get up. You, you know, so music was, is, and was always that thing for me that got me up and still gets me up in the morning. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think not being able to like be in the studio as much now because rents do, you know, (laughs) or, you know, it's hard, but I think this like transition that I had, you know, into this spirituality that I now talk about and, uh, and I'm so adamant about is just uh, incredible. And I can talk a little bit about when that began. So that was like, I released my song called Vulture, which was in 2018. And that song is really cathartic for me um, because I think a lot of people saw this like new side of me that I had never shown in my music before or shown like in my life before. That was this BDSM leather hypersexual, you know, kind of entity. But you know, in doing that really released a lot of my demons that I was holding on to. There's some lyrics in the song that say, all I want to do is give it up. I want you to take me and just make love. And that is a lot more than the superficial meaning of the song. And that was, you know, I think a lot of times I've written things that I look back on and I don't realize how much the higher power of the universe had a hand on every single thing. Wow. And I think that, like, that was me looking at that assault, looking at that 
um, the drug use, looking at, you know, drinking and, and sex and all of these things that I had used to escape my trauma, which only added to the trauma by keeping to do, you know, by doing it. Um, it really took me looking at all those things and saying, I'm done. I, you know what, I'm not going to be devoured by whatever has been dark in my life. I'm going to bring it to the light and make sure that it helps other people. And so through that, I was able to really unlock this part of myself that I realized how small the world really is and how connected we all are. I mean, we talk about this connection with our body, right? And how amazing it can be, but we forget so quickly that we are all one body. This Mm -hmm. is like one, this is all one human experience that we're all seeing through different viewpoints of the same, like, universal body if that makes any sense I think some people are probably like uh yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh no I'm totally following yeah I think it's just important to realize how like connected we are and I had a really big experience where um you know some people would call it a spiritual awakening right where everything started to make sense I looked at things differently I could really see God or the universe whatever you want to call that source that you you know you are one with. And I really started to just see the hand in everything. And, you know, I think a lot of people, especially, you know, when you grow up in the South, you know, in a very, like a very religious place. I mean, my family went to church every Sunday, pretty much um, when I was younger. And I think some of their viewpoints have even changed because we have like more technology and more like research and answers and, and, you know, just knowledge of living. But the fact that, you know, not everybody has to look like the perfect Bible cookie cutter character. We can't base our life on one viewpoint, if that makes sense. I think we can absorb, we can absorb the information that serves us, we can be the ultimate superhero in our own story, right? Mm-hmm. But we I have to, yeah, but we have to remember that I think the, the 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 main person that we need to save is ourselves from all of these things that have binded us before. Wow. Wow, that's a really beautifully put. Thank you. Like yeah, absolutely. What did that process look like for you, learning how to save yourself and learning, I guess, to be the superhero in your story? I would say that one of the one of the biggest moments was when I was so one of the drugs that I was you know really into was cocaine because I um, and and when I say that, people are like, oh my gosh, what I had no idea, and I'm like, yeah, I did it for like a year a year and a half, like every day. And it was just like Mm -hmm. this endless thing where I was, you know, I thought it gave me this like sense of like energy or whatever, but it's really just a false sense of energy. It's, it's, it's empty. It's, it's endless. You just keep going and going and going. Um, and I think one of the biggest moments where I started to be the superhero in my own story was stopping. I literally quit cold Turkey because I was watching this, um, amazing entertainment show um it's called the breakfast club and it's with charlemagne the god and um, it's an all black like entertainment radio show and they're just incredible and i was listening and the guest that they had on that day was like you know people in the ghetto can't go to some like 
like rich white people rehab and get better. Like they have to do it themselves. And I was Mm -hmm. like, well, why can't I do that? Why can't I just quit? And so I, I ended up stopping and uh, I just was like, this no longer serves me. And it was the weirdest thing because, you know, it took, you know, I'm not going to be like totally like, oh, you know, I just stopped and I never did it again. There's been like a couple times where like, not, not recently, but like where I had done it again and was like, oh, well, I see why I left this. It was like, it didn't have any power over me anymore. Mm-hmm. And so like, oh. just like not, yeah, like I, I took my power back and I think that combined with like being able to talk about my assault and being able to really like sit where I am now and be like, you're still a whole person. Nobody, nobody took a part of you that you can't, you know, heal back yourself. It's going to be okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That must feel so empowering. Oh yeah. And and there are days where, you know, it's not so empowering and it's more like you want to just like crawl into a ball underneath the covers, but you know, most yeah. days are, you know, can be very empowering. It just depends on, you know, your mindset and, and being connected to that body and, and showing it gratitude for how much it's, you know, been through with you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Dang. That's just such a powerful concept of even just being able to own your story and being able to to speak up about your assault or to live in your sexuality or any of these things that you're that you're talking about. Like I just think that's such a really powerful thing to be able to see that the energy and whatnot that you got in cocaine like wasn't it just wasn't what you thought it was and to just right. have that power back over it. Like yes. that just sounds amazing. Yes, I think it's just like such an endless thing. Um, and not, I would just, you know, if anybody's listening and has been wanting to do it, I would say, don't, it's not worth it. You can get more energy out of a Red Bull or like a Starbucks. Uh, I mean, yeah. Right. I, I mean, hello. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Ben, if you were, um, if you were to speak to someone who I guess was in a similar place to you when you were, in your college days, kind of like in the heat of all of this, maybe like wondering if there is something on the other side or how to get, how to get to just how to start the journey of kind of getting yourself back. Do you know what you'd say? Yes. I would say take small steps. Not everything has to be solved by tomorrow. Recovery is a very long road, but know that there are people like me who are walking right there beside you, not in front of you, not behind you, but right beside you. And you will overcome this. It's up to you and your spiritual being to say, this doesn't serve me. I am a whole person and I will get through it. That's really awesome. Yeah. Really, really awesome. I like, I don't know. I just think this is such an important conversation to have about just even opening up and sharing, like sharing your story and sharing where you've been through and giving somewhat of like, I don't, even if it's just like a glimmer of hope to see that there is a version of the other side of it or there is something else out there. It's just really cool. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. Going into like, 
I guess where you're at today, do you have any, I guess, like practical strategies or coping skills or whatnot that you really love that help you, I guess on like the harder days, kind of come back to yourself and feel more connected with you and maybe even connected with the like everyone together type of thing like you were talking about? Meditation is huge. Um, I try to do it. I'm not going to say every day because I wish I could do it every day, but I try to do it like three to five times a week. Um, Mm. And those are usually on my harder days. Um, I actually started doing this thing on Instagram where I was meditating with people on Instagram live. And that was really cool because I just would, you know, post that I was meditating and then, you know, three or four people would show up. And then after like a week, it was like 15 or 20 people tuned in. Even if it wasn't like at the time that I was meditating, they would go back and watch it, which means that, you know, more people are connecting and more energy is flowing. And I think meditation is just such a perfect tool when you do have those days. And even when you don't, it's a great way to start your day. I have insight timer on my phone. I actually probably will go meditate after we're done with this because I just really think it's such a powerful thing. And also, I mean, I think letting people know that you have help or you need help is not a bad thing. Um, if you have a bad day, reach out to somebody and say, you know, I'm not really feeling this today. And I just wanted to let you know. Um, and then they can, they'd appreciate you telling them, I'm sure, you know, yeah. Cause they might not be having a great day too and not know how to say anything. And I think we can all help each other cope and, and, and feel better, especially during like all of this craziness. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't agree with both of those things more. I think like regarding meditation, I somewhat recently started having that be a part of my life. And at the beginning of it all, like, like it started when I first started doing yoga again. Um, and then I kind of got really interested in like the meditation side of things inside of it and everything. And at first it was difficult for me because I felt like, I guess like we were saying earlier, like sitting with the pain and the sadness is really uncomfortable and having to kind of notice my body and notice myself in those moments. Like it was a little bit to get through, but once I got to the other side of it, it was so special because you just get to like hear the thoughts in your own head, which is weirdly hard to do today. Yes, it is. It really is. Yeah. No, that's really awesome, Ben. Um, Okay, Ben, I have one more question for you, okay? It is a little bit of a change of pace. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Uh, would you rather? Would you rather have a job as a secret agent for Squirrel World? Like nobody else knows you have this job. You're not allowed to tell them you have the job. The squirrels <laughs> are the only ones that know, and you're like saving squirrel lives. It's like justice for the squirrels. That okay. whole thing. Or every Saturday at about eight thirty p.m you have a bowling date with Hannah Montana. She always, <laughs> she tends to beat you a lot and she's not very nice about it, but you know, she's going to be there every night or every Saturday night. What would mm. you pick? Oh my gosh. That's so hard. Hannah Montana is a huge <laughs> part of my childhood, but if she's not very nice, then I don't know if I want to <laughs> play. Oh my um, gosh. <laughs> I would say the secret agent for the squirrels. Really? Yeah, it's nice having something that nobody knows that you have and helping people. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. As curious as I would be about what Hannah Montana is like bowling, I think I would probably right. do what you're doing too. She's got nerve. Oh, she's got so much nerve. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, Ben, I am so, so happy for the chance to get to just honestly catch up with you. I feel like this was selfish of me because I'm like, I just wanted to hear everything you had to say. Oh, but be I'm, selfish. It's so uh, great to hear from you and to talk to you. Seriously. Thank you for letting oh, yeah. me speak my truth. Absolutely. Thank you for speaking your truth. Is I know that you have a podcast you're starting June 1st, you said? Yes, June 1st is the tentative date. So I'm trying to get everything together. I've already recorded a bunch of episodes for that. So yeah, oh, I'm excited. Awesome. It's called Benjamin, a podcast with Benjamin Poss. And so Ooh. we're going to be just talking about different topics. You'll have to tune in. <laughs> oh, wow. That's awesome. How, how can people find you social media-wise to kind of keep up with that? Yes. Yeah, so social media, my Instagram is at Benjamin Poss. Same thing for Twitter. Um, my website is BenjaminPoss.com. And I think those are probably the main three. Um, Facebook, I don't update as much, but that's um, I am Benjamin Poss. So just keep up to date on Instagram and, and Twitter and all those good things. <laughs> okay. Amazing. Amazing. I will put all of that in the show notes below because I know I know I want to jump in on one of those live meditation things that you have. Maybe we can all do that uh, Yes. together at some point. That would be so good. Mm-hmm. Um, But Ben, thank you so much again. I love you so much. And I cannot wait to hang out with you in California someday, hopefully soon. Yes. Thank you, Jackie. Yes. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of The Unity Project. If you want to get involved and support this podcast, then go to patreon.com slash JackieGTV. Or if you want to read my story and get to know a bit more about my journey with this and how this podcast even came about and what my world has looked like as far as relationship with my body goes, then go check out my book, Finding Home. You can pick up a copy of that at JackieGronlin.com. I will put all this information in the show notes below, and I will see you next time.